and I felt, yeah, I'm in a slightly different, different world, different atmosphere. And um, he asked me the usual names, what is my name, who's my Acharya and all that. And then he asked me, and can you promise me something? And I thought, oh my, here I am, a little boy, 16 years old, my guru in front of me, and he's asking me if I can promise him something. So while I was thinking that Baba didn't wait much longer, he asked me, can you promise me never to be afraid of any evil force in the entire universe? Wow. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> no problem. But I mean, I, <laughs> you know, it's very, very, very difficult to describe. In that moment, I felt so many things. I felt, first of all, that he's totally one with me, that he knows me from the inside, because I had a very carefree, a very happy, carefree childhood. Really, only I had, as far as I was concerned, uh, one problem, and that was fear, fear of darkness. No, I used to play soccer, and in the night after the soccer training, I had to drive home on my bike, and it was dark, it was night time, evening time, it was already dark, and I felt afraid on my way home um, from the soccer training. And I didn't like that at all of myself, um, to have this kind of fear. So to ask me that, and then to ask it with such a unconditional, like an unconditionally loving mother. And then I understood, I felt that he's not only asking that. He wouldn't ask me something that I couldn't do. He's asking something that I can do and that he will help me to do. So if he's asking me, then I will say yes, and I know he will be with me and help me to, to fulfill that promise. And I said, yes, Baba. And he was very happy and very pleased. And so um, then in the PC, basically, he just continued a little bit, gave me some blessings. And then that was the end of um, my PC. And it's yeah, it just deepened my my spiritual understanding of of him, of of the mission, um, and uh, that was when I was sixteen. That was my first experience with Baba. Yes. And what about notable experiences after that? Oh yeah, then. Um, Two, two years later, it was Dhamma Samiksha. I was able to go to Dhamma Samiksha and um, I, I went there and I got Dhamma Samiksha. And that was also another, yeah, most life-changing experience for me. Um, I had gone there being already LFT and I was there as LFT and I wanted to become WT. But being 18, just having become 18, I felt a little, yeah, that I would need more, something more, some more strength, something more ability to for discipline and all that. And I had some particular thoughts. 
So um, then Baba did the usual routine. He uh, he punished me a little bit for organizational laziness. <clears throat> and then he went very specific to some to some weaknesses that I had and expressed them in quite some detail. And um, then he started to, you know, to give me the, the punishment, which I had heard about. And I thought, okay, when Guru gives punishment, when he beats, it's like something transcendental. No, it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt much or something. So he took, asked me to put my t-shirt up and he put left and right and, and was punishing me for that. And then it was not enough for me. I had to take off the t-shirt the and he continued. And it really started to, to, to pain quite a bit. It started and so then he asked the dadas around are tears coming <laughs> he wanted to see that tears are coming that i'm crying and i wasn't crying i wasn't feeling to cry although it was quite painful and so then he just continued and then at some point there were no tears coming but uh, the dadas said yeah baba tears are coming so then he stopped then he stopped and then he continued and then he asked me a few questions and then he asked me this one question. Will you be an ideal human being? And then again, I felt that it's like if Baba asked me that, of course, I would say yes. And I said, yes, yes, Baba. And again, smile. And then he gave me some some blessings and and um, yeah some some words about about me and um, that was the end of Dharma Samiksha. And then after that, after that the tears were coming. After that, I was crying, being totally dissolved in this experience of an exceptional feeling I so much love I felt that Baba loved me in this way so much um, that I was overwhelmed because I felt with this treatment with this fire that was in my body really a lot of stuff gone, got burned out of my body out of my chakras that freed me to do what I wanted to do, to become a sannyasi. And so then my path was pretty clear, free. You know, as I said, I was LFT. I continued some of my duties and then went um, for WT training. Yeah, that was that were my experiences um, before I became an Acharya um, with Baba. What about when you became a whole timer? Yes, then I had also several experiences, of course, with Baba. Um, I did my uh, my W two three training in the Sweden training center, um, and then after no, after one year. Um, I um, got a posting. Um, um, in um, in India, um, then I got a posting. Um, I got a posting. Actually, I already got a posting. Then I stopped in India and I went to my posting 
in um, Suva sector. So I was actually first posted RS Sydney. So I was there for a while and then there was some emergency in, in New Zealand. So I got posted as um, RS Wellington. And so at that time, the system was that those who passed the training in Sweden or in Dabao or outside of India, they would finish the training and become brahmacharis, are able to, to do Nama Mantra. And then after some field work of about a year, then would go to India, finish the Acharya training and um, then become a, a fully fledged Acharya. So... After about a year, I then went to India, um, finished my Acharya training. And after finishing the Acharya training, I immediately applied for Avadut Diksha. So I said I wanted to become Avadut as quickly as possible. And so they said, okay, okay, you just became Acharya. Um, so, you know, you're, you're on the list now, that's okay, but it will take some time. <laughs> Usually it takes some years. So then after, no, after finishing my training and all that, I went back to, to the sector. And then within a few months, Baba actually decided to give Avaduta uh, Diksha. And um, as I was on the list, and so they, they had to put me on the list, Baba actually approved my name. Um, he didn't approve quite a few other names, but he approved my name. Which, yeah, which then, of course, then after a few months, um, I went again to India to receive um, Avaduta Diksha from Baba and learn Kapalik. And of course, that is secret, um, what was um, in, the, in the initiation. But I think I can say something that Baba said uh, that is, I think, um, not secret. Um, I was there in a group of about, I would say, yeah, like 10 to 10 to 18 um, dadas. They were actually all from India, except two were from Germany, and one, one candidate was from Manila, uh, sorry, from Malaysia. And in that, he was talking in English, mostly, a little bit sometimes in, in, uh, in Bengali and maybe Hindi, um, and, but mostly in English. And at one point, he looked in my direction and said, <clears throat> Jesus came to India and learned this sadhana. With this sadhana, he meant tantric sadhana not necessarily Kapalik Sarana, that I don't know. But he said that in that meeting clearly. And then he just continued um, with, the, with, with his description and, and the, you know, about what we, what we were there for. Um, and so that was an interesting piece of information. Mm -hmm. I thought at that time Baba would say that quite generally to um, to uh, those who become Avadutas from um, from outside of India. But I le later learned from Dada Pranavatmakananana, who's collecting all these Baba stories, that um, he hasn't heard that from anyone else, except one, one person whom, you know, whom Baba spent some time with in jail, where Baba told to that person, that Jesus didn't die on the cross and that he lived in India. 
So that is, these are the only times that Dada Pranavatmakananda heard that Baba actually said that. So he said that, um, as far as I remember, um, clearly in my um, Avaduta Diksha. So that was the second, that, that was basically um, um, uh, my, my Avaduta Diksha. And then I had, of course, several experiences with Baba during reporting sessions. Um, I would like to narrate one in particular. Mm, please um, do. It was a, report, a reporting session where Baba actually spent most of the time teaching us Sanskrit. Really, instead of taking um, reporting, he was teaching us Sanskrit for several days. And wow, it was very, very nice. And I took notes and um, then I, you know, I learned it, I studied it. And so at the end of this um, RDS um, period, he then at one session, he said, so now um, there will be a little exam and let one, someone come forward. And so nobody was really coming forward. I'm not the kind of person who kind of, you know, goes forward when, when maybe some others would like to come forward. Well, I saw nobody comes forward. And I remember in reporting sessions, when Baba asked questions, many, many times people cannot answer nicely. But when they can answer nicely and in a kind of a humble way, I noticed that Baba's very, very pleased. Very, very pleased. He enjoys it very much. So I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm capable of, but I want to please Baba. I want to really give him pleasure because I know he has all these different phases and how he expresses himself. And many times he's kind of upset and angry, but I think that he enjoys a little more <laughs> if he can, if he can be happy and express his, uh, his joy. So I thought, at least I will endeavor. I will endeavor to please Baba. So I went forward. And so then Baba started to ask me questions. I answered the first and it was correct. I answered the second and it was correct. And it just continued like this. I was just standing like this. And all I had in my mind is, Baba, I want to please you. I've studied what you have told us because I gave proper recognition that you spend so much time uh, teaching us this and I, I enjoyed um, your teaching so I, I learned the Sanskrit and if I can please you and it just continued he asked really question after question I was able to answer them all correctly and he and and I felt like he's just playing with himself he's just enjoying that I'm answering correctly. I just remain basically his his instrument to wanting to please him. And at the end, he was so happy that he said, come little, come forward, my little boy, come forward. So I did Sastang Pranam, came very close to him and then very close. And he touched my cheeks like this. And I looked into his eyes. His eyes were moist. They were moist for joy. He enjoyed it so much, this play with himself, so to speak, through me. And then he said, what a bright boy you are. What a bright boy you are. So 
Yeah, it was called, of course, an extremely beautiful experience. And I'm narrating this because I believe, you know, it is whatever Baba did to us, it is in a way personal. It was, it made all the difference in my personal life, but it is also more than personal. I would say it's the experience of ever, anyone wanting to just humbly please the guru that he or she is a bright boy or is a bright girl. That's the brightest thing to do, to just have the ideation to please, to please the guru, to please Paramapurusha. And so that is in that experience, I, I just felt that that flow that he plays with himself through me. Yes. Right. That's beautiful. Do you remember any of the questions he asked you that you were answering correctly? Prefix and suffix. I remember, I remember, for example, um, Durachari, Su Durachari. So he explained the prefixes of, of Durachari and Su Durachari is a very, um, very, very bad person. Uh, so yeah, um, that is, that is pretty much the, the only detail oh, okay. that I, that I remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we enjoyed a very, um, yeah, informal uh, times with him. Yeah, in, okay. in Timan also, I think, yeah. So what are you doing now, Dadaji? Yeah, um, now I'm, uh, I'm in um, Ananda Ashram. It's a um, quite a large Jagrati in southern Germany. And the training center, it's actually an LFT training center and training center for um, Satvipra training center. Um, I, I live here with two LFTs who got training here in the last years also. And so I run this, uh, this, this, this um, training center. And also here, um, we founded, um, 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 proudest party, Menschliche Welt, um, in 2013. Um, I'd like to say something how it, how it came to that. Um, in, in that, around that time, um, at some point I found myself due to some unusual organizational circumstances, um, needing to spend some time in Germany and, and in, indefinite, undefined spend a, a time in Germany. So I asked myself, um, while I'm germ in Germany, how can I please Baba the most? What can I do here specifically um, in this organizational situation um, to, yeah, to to advance to fulfill Baba's mission to please him, and so I looked at um, Baba's expressions when he when he went to Europe when he toured Germany. Did he give some spe specific hints? Did he give something something special that um, I could I could perhaps pick up 
um, and think of, of doing. And so I was, as an LFT, I was a um, proud LFT. And I remember um, Baba instructed us at that time already, like 40, 30, 40 years ago, um, now it's 40 years ago, um, to publish um, a daily proud paper. So I knew that he wanted that. And I knew that, I mean, I had the background. I would, I have had the, I think the, at least the training to do it. So that was one thing. Um, and then another thing was that when Europe, it's interesting that he came to, to Germany and then, uh, you know, and in Fiesch, Switzerland, to Germany and some other places. And then he, he went somewhere else and then he basically finished his visa. And then uh, later on, a few months later, he, he came again. <clears throat> At that time, he didn't have a visa for Germany anymore. I've heard the story you know, that he was in Istanbul at the time and he told the workers, he told to his personal assistant, Dada Ramananda, he wants to visit Germany again, even if it's just for a very short visit. He didn't have visa anymore. Somehow it was arranged, the, the authorities agreed to let Baba enter another time, which he had specifically asked for, wanted. So that was in, in, um, in the autumn, um, late summer, autumn, September of 79. And in that visit, which was very short, Baba gave a very unusual, I would say unusual discourse where he expressed something in a way that I think he has not expressed anywhere else. It's in Frankfurt, September uh, 79 and he gave a he gave a darshan to about 20 margis um it's later on entitled one can find it in anavachimajanamritam part 14 i think um to save humanity and there he says in such a clear language that i haven't seen really having said anywhere else that human society is facing normally crisis that's a natural thing but at the moment, humanity is facing an existential crisis, that humanity has to decide whether to live or not to live, and that the death signals are, are already here, can be heard, and that it is the duty of every spiritual aspirant, the mission at the moment of every spiritual aspirant is to save humanity from this crisis. And then he said in this discourse, and I hope you will be successful in this mission. And I've heard some, some Magi sister who, were there, who was there in that darshan. It sounded a bit wow to her. Wow, that is, you know, that's pretty, you know, uh, pretty daunting. And at the end of the darshan, he said, I not only hope, I'm sure that you'll be successful in your mission. It is the mission um, to save humanity from this crisis. And the crisis is connected, Baba says, with the words that he used is with the intolerance and mudslinging. If that continues, humanity has no future. So I looked at that, you know, intolerance, mudslinging, 79. It was at the height of the, you know, um, the Cold War. 
79, 80, 81, 82, it was extremely tense. And Germany is a place just in the middle of the superpowers, really just <laughs> divided by these two, so to speak. And so I took that as, as, some, as some message that Baba decided to particularly express in Germany. And so again, connected that with my training and with what I can do. I have a background in, in work and because in proud work, because the solution, as Bauer has said so many times of this crisis is only one. And that is a Sattvipra leadership. Only Sattvipras. Only the leadership of Sadvipras, only the rule of Sadvipras can save humanity from this crisis. And so um, then it, it is very close to what 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 I can do and what I have a, what what I feel I've been given some ability to do, that is to do proud work and to train. Um, Sadvipras to help people I would I should say to help people develop their Sadvipra qualities and uh, capacities so that's what I started then that's why I started the Jagati I started the, the training center and um, then after um, training some Sadvipras then the question is, you know, what will they do? Sattvipras are not a title or anything. It's not an academic um, thing. It needs to be expressed. So how to express that, that capacity? And so then we decided to start a party because, you know, practically um, we are in the Vaishyan age and the rule of Sattvipras is to help um, humanity, society to come into a new age out of a, out of a crisis, out of exploitation. So taking all that together, you know, um, I I and we decided to start um, a proudest party, Menschliche um, Welt, and so that's what we have been doing. So we first established the spiritual center, the uh, the training center, Ananda Ashram. Then we started the political party and the proud party has been contesting in national elections, in European elections, in state elections. And right now we are preparing for next year's national elections. For a small party, it's a lot of um, requirements and a lot of work. But it will bring us an exposure to the, to the public that um, is exceptional. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, you have many members? We have about 700 members. It's not very much uh, for a party, but it's something. I mean, and, and at the last European elections, I mean, it's not many, but I think it was about 38,000 people voted for us. I mean, 38,000 wow. uh, people so in Germany put their cross on, on the proudest party. Mm. And what sort of um, issues were you promoting or policies? 
Well, at the moment, one of the one of the issues that that we are promoting is, um, and that is also related to certain things that Baba said when he was in Europe, and that is um, um, in German it's called Friedenspolitik. It means the policy of seeking peace, not war, not preparing for war, but seeking through negotiations and through understanding, through developing tolerance and understanding, a peaceful solutions. So that is one of our main issues. And I also took that clue a little bit from, from Baba because again, when he toured Europe, he spoke about war in a different way. He had spoken about wars quite differently in India, but in Germany, he said war and in the German speaking area, when he was traveling here, war is the blackest spot of human character. And that our forefathers, he said it, he said that I think in Hanover or some, or in Switzerland, our, our forefathers made the mistake of encouraging war. And we should rectify their mistake. So he clearly, you know, to express it like that, I've only heard him say this in Germany. So there is some relation, of course, to the history. And so that is one of our of our um, of our issues that we bring forward, of course, as other ones, as social social justice and and all these points and um, um, protection of environment and all these necessary points. But this this policy of seeking um, tolerance and international understanding and peaceful solutions that is that is one of the issues. Um, that we are standing for. Um, so these are one of the things. And then, as I mentioned before, Narda, um, when Baba was here, he was really pressing for a daily paper. So I thought, now we can we can do that. You know, now we have the internet, we have online. So for the last three, four years, we published a daily, a daily proud paper online. Every day we have a new issue. You know? So it is basically fulfilling what it's, it's a, you know, it's in baby steps. It's small, but it is fulfilling what Baba wanted us to do. So we are publishing a daily proud paper here. We are running um, a, a spiritual LFT training center and, and Sadvipra training center. And we are having this this movement. It is a some. It's a movement, a proud movement, and the and the proudest party. So that's what I'm engaged in. And as people are interested, I also particularly know in 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 Suva sector, um, Margis in New Zealand um, have approached me, and I, you know, we we could help them to do some similar work in New Zealand. And if anyone is interested uh, in this work, then I we are we, we'd be happy um, for them to contact us, and we would always be ready to assist and help um, with with our experience. Tell yes. me, I'm very curious to know what do you specifically teach in Sadvipa training? What sort of things do they learn to make them Sadvipa? Well, they. 
Yes, they learn what are the what are the three fundamental characteristics of a sadvipra. What makes a sadvipra? What are the four? I would say four major activities that a sadvipra engages in. And so this very very I mean it's all based on spirituality. We have you know it is so clear that proud and the whole concept of sadvipra is is very much based on spirituality. By the way, that is also a part of our party projection. We are in a situation where we can tell that social leadership, political work requires spiritual practices. The, the human society can only be healthy, can only have a healthy background with spirituality as a base. That's, that's something that, that Baba said in, in the third, in the third principle of proud. Now, these things need to be understood. So these are the, these are the things that people learn. What are these qualities? Um, what are the activities? And very specifically, how to develop these sadvipra qualities. So these are the things that we are teaching there. And then it becomes very practical. That's why we have the party also. It's mostly you know, German, uh, uh, German people who are attending these classes. So then they, they utilize, they express that knowledge by being candidates, for example, or by going canvassing and standing and explaining what is proud, you know, giving interviews, um, doing prachars, doing spiritual prachar also. So the training, very much part of it, is the practical side, the field work, the field training to get experience. We need to learn to fulfill um, the, the, the requirements of being really Satvipra leaders in society. Very good. Well, on that, Dada, thank you very much for sharing that. That's very interesting and inspiring. Uh-huh.